Hi, I'm Casey Kalsman, a 2022 Mirage Challenge scholarship winner, and here's what Mirage Challenge means to me. It means staying true to myself and not giving in to peer pressure. It means saying no to underage drinking and never getting into a vehicle with a driver who is impaired. It means setting a positive example for generations to follow. It means growing old and helping others do the same. I'm Casey Kalsman, and I accept Mirage Challenge. I hope you join me and show that you too are viewed tough. Today's podcast is brought to you by our friends at Metal Sports Bar and Grill. If you are looking for a place to hold your big celebration, someone to cater your special event, or just somewhere to watch the big game, then Metal Sports Bar and Grill is for you. Don't miss a second of the action with Metal's 31 big screen televisions. Don't miss a second of the fun with Dave and his friendly staff. Oh, and did I mention the food? Ray's fingers are to die for, and the vault burger just cannot be beat. You can also check out one of Chef T's many specialty items. Believe me, the man knows what he's doing. Metal Sports Bar and Grill is located on the corner of Park and Main in historic Uptown Butte. Stop by today or check out their menu at metalsportsbarandgrill.com. Metal Sports Bar and Grill, where the food is the star. Metals is a proud sponsor of the Buttecast. Now, let's get the show started. Welcome to the Buttecast with Bill Foley. It's a podcast about the greatest city in the world, you America. Amen. Let's meet the people and characters who make Butte the richest hill on earth. Woo-hoo! Now, here's my dad, Bill Foley. Proud to be from Butte, America, USA. When I think back to any big story of the 1980s, I hear the iconic voice of Connie Kinney running through my mind. She just had that voice of importance. When she talked on the radio, it seemed like a big deal. That's because usually it was. I cannot look at a picture of the Our Lady of the Rockies statue being placed upon the hill without thinking of Connie's tremendous coverage of that monumental event. She was on top of the mountain. She was at the airport. She was in a helicopter reporting live. She covered the Dan and Don Nichols trial after the mountain men kidnapped Olympic medalist Kerry Swenson. She covered the murders of Dallas star Patrick Duffy's parents in Boulder. She also covered parades, strolls, sports, and pretty much everything in between. She was seriously good enough to work at any radio station in the country. I'm not just saying that because she's today's guest on the podcast. After her radio days, Connie worked as the director of the Butte Chamber of Commerce for more than a decade. The new building on George Street would not be here without Connie. Connie's first career, as she calls it, was as a teacher and a ski coach. Then, her second career, she raised her sons Pat and Tom. You probably heard me mention Tom before. He was a star on Butte Central's 1984 state championship basketball team, and I was at least a tie for being his biggest fan. After she retired from the chamber in 2003, Connie became a full-time grandparent, putting in countless miles driving around the state to watch her grandchildren compete in anything. The other day, I caught up with Connie for the first time since before the pandemic. It was so great to see her again and to hear that she still has that iconic voice. Thanks for keeping the suggestions pouring in. I have some great podcasts coming up. Later this week, I will talk with the toughest of the street kids. And no, I'm not talking about Jason. You will not want to miss that one. Please keep telling your friends about the Buttecast and please show your parents and grandparents how to download the Apple Podcasts and Spotify app so they too can listen in. Also, please keep supporting our sponsors and tell them thank you for keeping these fun conversations going. Now... Let's catch up with the true Butte icon. 
Connie Kenny. We got the greatest news person in, in Butte Radio history being <laughs> interviewed probably by the worst. Oh, no, you history. were good, too. No, I, yeah, uh, if, if you heard me, I, I struggled reading out loud. I was not really good at that. I was never my strong suit. So reading the news and getting some of those names you get over the wire, they were uh, a little tricky on me. We used to laugh because we had someone there that Rice Piloff would call for in an ad, Rice Plyloff, <laughs> and then Filet Mignon, Philip Mignon. No, that's funny. No, you didn't go that far. <laughs> no, I wasn't quite that bad. No. But uh, I was not good at it, that's for sure. But uh, I had a lot of fun on the mornings with Paul Panisco, though. We goofed oh, off yeah. Lot, so. so much fun. But you, you were, um, you're kind of um, the voice that, that I remember for, like, the big events in town. Of course, the biggest one was the Lady of the Rockies. Oh, without question. That was that was a huge deal for Butte. It was just such a great thing for Butte because we were down on our luck, you know. We were down then. And that oh, was boy. that was like a kind of a gesture, like saying, "Hey, we're we're not going anywhere." Uh huh. And uh, we're back. Yeah, and you were you were there. You were you you were there to to narrate every second of that being put up on the mountain. What well, was wonderful? I was in the truck with Bob O'Bill. Oh, really? So I knew I couldn't make a mistake because <laughs> everything went through him. Yeah. I also got to ride in the helicopter, and then the last day I got to say, Our Lady's in place. She's finished. Isn't that, wasn't that pretty awesome? Oh, the, my goodness. Yeah, and that was a pro- How many days was that? It was like five or six days, wasn't it? That Can up? you imagine doing it in December? Yeah. It seemed like the worst possible time to do it, but I don't know why they picked that. Well... Because we had Our Lady yeah. going up there. Just think what it would have been this year. The yeah. 23rd. Yeah, we'd yeah. be up there at 36 below. Yeah, it was cold out. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that was the, that was a bad time. to. <laughs> I mean, you think July would have been a little bit easier time. But but it wasn't bad, and it's when we could get the Sky Corsica Sky Crane. Yeah, and we had so many people up there working on that. I remember when they, they have the people inside it reaching out to pull the rope. That ropes. was scary. Yeah. And you were up in the helicopter. You, were you in the actual helicopter that had the, the head, or were you in, like, a, no, one we, on the side? No, we were in the other one. There was one up next to it? Yeah, and we took turns. Yeah. Well, the three of us took turns. Yeah. And then we were in the other one as we watched the hands hit. And that was kind of scary. The hand hit, and then oh. it was spinning, wasn't it, if I remember right? Was and the worry was, was it going to spin and hit those men. Yeah, because it was, that would have been a disaster. Oh, yeah. It could have caused a wreck, could have caused anything. Oh, it could have, yep. We had something on our side, though, right? We had something (laughs) on our side. Don't ever think we didn't. Yeah, and uh, and you were were working, you must have been working 18-hour days that week in those weeks up to it. And it was Christmas week, and you know, the next couple days of the full week. But my kids were home from college, and I was so glad. And the Ocello family was so wonderful because we kept having to break in on their commercials. (laughs) Right? That's awesome. And everybody cooperated and let us do it. It was wonderful because I could do the play-by-play. 
then Pat Carney could do it on TV that night, and then the paper could completely cover it with pictures. Yeah. What a better team. Yeah, it was, it was a, it, it certainly was a, a great team. And, and what I remember, I was in, a, what was I, I must have been, I was at Kennedy. I can't even remember what grade I was in, but I remember going down to Mr. Pozzola's class. So I must have been in fifth grade. And we went down to Mr. Pozzola's class. We ended up being my sixth grade teacher. You remember Dan Pozzola? Sure. One of my favorite people ever. And we were watching in his, his room and listening to the radio as parts were flying across town yeah. you know, on the helicopter. And there your voice was, was there. And it was, uh, it was great. And, of course, I, I didn't hear your voice uh, when they put the head up, the last one, yeah. because we were out of school. And I remember going across the street to the, ye- the Yellow Hill, the mine dump across the street from my house, standing up on top of that and watching that helicopter carry that head. You, you never, you, that's something you'll never forget, seeing a helicopter carrying a big uh, head of the <laughs> Mother Mary across town, <laughs> up on the East Ridge. And I was so lucky because I came down with the men in a Suburban, yeah. and we pulled out of the pullout on I-15 on Woodville Hill. Everybody crying and laughing and hugging. And then we got on the fire truck. Remember now, it's December. Yeah. Took a little spin around, a little brisk at night. They took a victory lap, huh? Yeah, we took the victory lap. I didn't realize that. uh, So what was it like being with Bob O'Bill when he saw that? Because that was Bob had that vision, what he promised if his wife was sick, right? Yep. And I still work with her at the food bank. Oh, really? Joyce? Oh, I'm, you bet. I've, I don't think I've ever met her. Oh, she's wonderful. No. They're wonderful people. Bobo built around the back of the food bank, yeah. and then she goes every morning at 5 and does all this ordering and everything. Yeah. Wonderful couple and kids and everything. Yeah. And I didn't know them prior to that. Yeah. But my it's now turned out to be a lifelong <laughs> friendship. Well, that's pretty cool. And, and all those guys, there must have been... There's hundreds of people up there working on that. I would say I also went up when they laid the cement. Okay, yeah. And I got bronchitis. You talk <laughs> about that's when it was colder than the actual. Really? They'd, yeah. So, and that was so it couldn't have been too much before no. they put it up. Imagine laying cement up there. Yeah. Oh, my. That must have been a job. Oh, it was astounding. Yeah. I, I remember that uh, that that night, the first night they had it, my dad was my dad went up and volunteered to work on the lights. He's an electrician, and he was out of work at the time. And I, I just remember driving out. It was my cousin Jerry Darcy's birthday. We're driving out oh. Continental that night, and the light was on that first night. And I, I didn't think the light would be up; it would be lit for you know for a couple first of days. Day. You know, no. first night there it was lit, and it was just such a it's one of the the great days in the history of Butte for sure. You know, with, without question, it's in the top five or ten days in the history of Butte. Well, it really is, though. Yeah. And then when we got mining going again, it, you know, it was wonderful. Yeah. And a lot of people related to, to Our Lady that we're going to be back in the game, yeah. and we are in the game when you see the price of molly and copper today. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, we're doing we're doing better, a lot better than we thought we were when those mines closed. Yeah, that's for sure. And of course, the the good thing, bad thing, all those people up there were out of work. Yeah. So that's how we had so many volunteers. Yeah. And you know, it was bad they were out of work, but they 
still to this minute are so proud of what they did. Yeah, yeah, that's why you could have that many guys out there on a weekday. That's right. <laughs> Put it up there, so it's all like a blessing. I was doing. And they weren't drinking beer either. <laughs> Not yet, anyway. Not yet. <laughs> now, no, you said uh, you've had four careers. Is that what you said? Four? Well, my best career is raising my boys. Yeah. And you did a pretty good job with that. Yeah, I did pretty good. Yeah, I, I know Pat, very nice guy. Uh, I don't know Tom as well, but I, as we've discussed many times, Tom was one of my childhood heroes. Oh, I know that, of course. Because you know, yeah. I, was, I was 10 when his team won the state title for Butte Central in 1984. And uh, I, I told you the next year they, they didn't win. Of course, Tom had probably the best performance of, of any Butte High School player, you know, Butte High or Butte Central player in that championship game. He scored 41 points, points. And they lost in that shootout to Shan Furch in oh. Livingston. But I, I couldn't go to that game in Bozeman because my uncle Melvin D'Arcy took my brother and his girlfriend and they had a Chevy S10 so there wasn't oh. enough room for me and it was too cold to ride in the back so I, I stayed home and it wasn't on TV like Butte Highs was the year before and uh, it, the radio didn't have it I believe someone quit the radio someone quit at KVOW yeah I thought my sister-in-law might murder yeah someone <laughs> my dad as some way got hooked up with somebody in Bozeman at the game. I mean, somebody that was running their field house thing. Yeah. And some way got on the radio because it was so sad for us not to, them not to be able to hear it. Yeah. I just sat there at the end and cried. And poor John Michelotti, God love him, kept saying, It's all right, Mrs. Kenny. It's all right. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I didn't. My, I remember waking up that night on the couch, just I fall. I fell asleep waiting for my brother to come home, and I jumped up and asked if they won. He said, "No, nah, they lost in overtime." And I didn't believe him because I didn't think that Tom Kenny, Mark Murphy, John Sullivan could lose. I just didn't think it was possible, and I didn't believe it till I got up in the morning and read the Montana Standard and saw that he wasn't lying. And poor Pat Tom, I mean, he says, "Yeah, forty-one." points in a losing effort yeah and he had a really badly injured ankle in that he game had too. two sprains and dr mm. emmett murphy ficked him up as best as he could he yeah. was sitting there really and yeah so that's one of the the all-time great performances and yes it he was. was uh he was such a good player and i and of course i remember watching your granddaughters play basketball and i remember riley she knew how to post up and she, she knew, knew the how to post up, you and, bet. And I knew exactly where she got it because Tom was one of the great post players. And they used to say that he used his big old butt to clear out the key to, <laughs> <laughs> to score pretty easy. Well, he wasn't a dribbler. Yeah. He was a post guy. Yeah. He just put the ball in the hole. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I, I really would have killed to be at that game that night, you know, because that was, that was uh, those guys were, them and Butte High, too. I liked them both a lot, but. You know, I was a central guy then. You know, I remember I had to go to CCD one night around 84 or 85, and we were, uh, it's Tuesday night, and we were out playing in the courtyard at Butte Central after CCD, waiting for my mom. And I remember looking down into the gym and seeing the Butte Central boys practicing. And yeah. Like, wow, there they are. It was like I was looking at the Celtics. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and then my dad didn't go because mm. it was going to be there on the radio. Yeah. Oh, my Oh man! But it was 
certainly exciting in yeah. my life. Yeah. yeah, that was like kind of a, somebody had like a protest kind of quit or something, didn't they? And got mad and something just and walked the out or something. Yeah. That wasn't a good one to do that. No. That, you might get murdered. <laughs> if his name would have been out there, whoever it was, it may have yeah, been murdered. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that was, uh, of course, that just added to the, the mystique of the game, I guess, in the long run. But, and you were a fan, and the other little one was Brianne Ujetti. Oh, really? And she was crazy about Tom. She was a little kid, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Tom. And those guys were, they were great. It was great to meet him later on, you know, when he, we'd come to town with Polson. And I, I'd always get mad at him. I said, there should, or mad at not him, but the businesses in Butte, you know, and I'd see John Sullivan's kids playing at Ennis and Tom's kids you know, being really good up in Polson, I said, isn't there a corner office we have that Tom Kenny doesn't have to be in? Yeah. <laughs> you know, just, just to let him so his kids can be Maroons or Bulldogs. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Yeah, it would have saved you some miles, miles driving. About 100,000. Yeah, yeah, probably at least. Because you, you never miss much of those when they played No, up and there. I was going alone. Yeah, you're driving up to Polson. And basketball Columbia season, Falls softball season. And Ronan and yeah. anyway, well... When we went to Sydney, oh, that was golf. All four of my grandkids played, but those three, Riley had 12 letters, Jalen, her sister, and she were on one of the winning softball teams. Jalen was on six winning teams, softball and golf, and then their brother was on golf and tennis, was going for the last point in tennis, and the knee went out. Oh, really? So Tom's not even the best athlete in his family then now, right? Well, I don't know. They'd have to <laughs> fight it out. Although I'd like, she, Riley told me she teased, uh, teased her dad when Brooke Badavinnik scored 42 points. She said yeah. you got beat by a girl. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, so, and I, re- I was looking through newspapers.com, finding old stories, you know, looking... For inf- just just feature story stuff about you, which if you type Connie Kenny into newspapers.com and just Butte, Montana, there's like 1,300 hits or something. What? Like. I've a, never looked. There's a bunch of them. But I found there were stories of you from uh, 72. There was a picture of you and a couple other ladies uh, for the Republican women's. Oh, group, yeah. Uh, like an art show or something. God, I'd forgotten that. I've also <laughs> forgotten that party. <laughs> that was a, that was a different party back in in 1972 yeah. though. But Times see, I taught first. Yeah. Okay. I taught at East, and that's when I was the Butte High coach I, for the, both boys and girls, double A first woman. In in the on skiing team, right? The, yeah. And is that what you practice? They up at Beef Trail every day. Is that what? You, yeah. And then all of a sudden you go to a mountain like Bridger Bowl. Oh, <laughs> you think you're. Either in the Alps or going down Mount Everest, one of the two. Yeah, compared to Beef Trail, yeah, that, was, that wasn't a very big hill. It was a great ski area. It was a great ski, and yeah. we all learned there. One yeah. time, if you believe it or not, we had state there. Really? And I think it was 17 below the day of the cross country. <laughs> I'll never forget it because that was the very first time Betsy Coleman, who was a volunteer, took all of the times into Butte, ran them off, and came back and handed them to the coaches. That was the first time I've really? ever seen that done. Yeah, that, up at the Beef Trail? Yeah, had, and people loved it. I bet. 
Yeah, because times were automatic. Now they got their phones and they see the times right away, you know. That's why you don't need a news director at radio. <laughs> yeah, it's changed things. It hasn't did weather and everything. Everyone's totally. got the weather on their phone. Totally. But, uh, so so you, cross, cross, you coach cross-country and downhill skiing? And slalom and jumping because oh. I had the boys. Yeah. And, and then the girls just too. did. The, yeah. But, but the beef trail had a jump. Yeah. Everybody didn't. Really? Was oh, it pretty? Yeah. Was it a big jump? Was it? Yeah, it was a big jump. Yeah. I always wanted to do it, but I was chicken. I always was. <laughs> I remember remember watching Eddie the Eagle when they had the yeah the Olympics in Calgary. I think he was Eddie the Eagle who was oh just couldn't jump fly through the air. But I've always wanted that to have the guts to try that. But that I know I couldn't stick the landing. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't stick the landing either. That was yeah. the worry. Anybody could just go jump. <laughs> you get it's the landing. Yeah. 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 It's the landing. That's the tricky part. But we learned when, I mean, I started skiing at about four. Really? In the street. I mean, you know, yeah. we used to have a lot of snow. Yeah. Well, that's what there's way more snow back. Even I, I skied, my first year I ever skiing was the last year of Beef Trail. And, oh. And now there's, you look at their most winters even if they did open there wouldn't be enough snow no there wouldn't at all yeah but and discovery course is so wonderful yeah but the beef trails what we all learned and see it was open on tuesday and thursday night yeah so you had to hurry up and do the homework then you piled in i usually was the driver i'm not sure why <laughs> we had a station wagon you put 10 kids in hmm. 10 pairs of skis off you went <laughs> That's all. I, I, it's too bad we didn't still have that. That would be such a great thing for the kids. And, for young and kids, oh, yeah. To go do. Because oh, it was, I think, the year I skied, it was $8 the first time you got for the, for the lift for the T-bar. Because $2 went to the Spute Ski Club. And then it was $6 the rest of the year every time you went. Well, when we went, it was like $7 for the year. <laughs> On the rope toll. And then the T-bar, and then the rope toll was all sorts of stories yeah. about that. The, well, the T-bar, the first thing I did on the T-bar was sit down, and poof, I got thrown right off that Yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> they should tell you, don't sit down, well, it's not a chairlift. I'm pretty sure they did, but I'm not the, I was never the brightest bulb in the, in the oh. drawer, you know. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I got on that thing, and I did, uh, that was a disaster. But, by, of course, after by the end of the day, I was a pro at it. Oh, I bet. It Just was, picked it right up. Yeah, it was uh, it was easy. I think I was uh, 11 years old. Yeah, well, that's and, uh, about right when you really get on to these things. Yeah, and then, then the next year we got our stockings at Christmas. We had season passes to Beef Trail, and, but it never opened. Yeah, great. <laughs> so, they lost eight bucks. Never opened again, yeah. Congratulations to this week's Lescovar Honda Athletes of the Week, Butte Central senior Dougie Peoples and East Middle School eighth grader Cadence Graham. The honor comes after people surged to the top of the record book and Graham busted onto the Butte scene. Graham takes home the girls' honor. She scored 18 points to help lead the Butte High Bulldogs to a 62-32 win over Butte Central in front of a huge crowd at the Butte Civic Center. That was just the start of a big week for Graham, who scored a total of 40 points as Butte High went 2-1 in three games. This is the first season in which 8th graders can play varsity in the Class AA. Peoples is the boys' honoree after passing Jumpin' Joe Kelly to become the all-time leading boys' scorer in the Mining City. Peoples scored 23 points to help Butte Central beat Butte High 76-47 at the Civic Center. He scored 11 points in Friday's win at Frenchtown before tossing in 19 in Saturday's home route of Livingston. After Saturday, Peoples has 1,412 points on his career. 
he passed the great Jumpin' Joe, who scored 1,404 points from 1942 through 1945. Congratulations, Cadence and Dougie, and thank you to Lescavar Honda for honoring the hardworking student-athletes of the Mining City. Hey, Butte America, John Davis here at Lescavar Honda with some fantastic news. With 2023 off and running, we are looking forward to serving you and making a positive impact in our community. If you're in the market for a new or used vehicle, stop on by and see us at Lescavar Honda. Proud sponsor of the Montana High School Association and home of the 20-year, 200,000-mile warranty. But so, uh, now how did how long did you teach and, and coach? I only taught two years till I was pregnant with Pat. Yeah. And then I quit two weeks ahead. Is all. Yeah. And then, during the time off, then I had Tom three and a half years later. But then I substitute taught, mostly at Butai. Yeah. I also did these five-minute broadcasts at KPOW, and they passed them to the other station. And I was trying, I had been asked to teach the junior league ladies to do this uh, Butte thing. Yeah. But nobody showed up, so I yeah. end up doing it. And then I also did on a KXL FTV the five minutes, the same program. Huh. So then I did their, whatever it was, two later, the one that they ran at noon. Oh, okay. The, yeah, I remember that. So and that's how you, and then you ended up getting, becoming the full-time news director. Well, I wasn't I anything to do with them except those little things. Yeah. One day I'm a, and you'll, You'll appreciate this story. Yeah. One day I was subbing at Butte High School, and I got a telephone call, which, of course, you can't be getting telephone yeah. calls. Not, And I don't mean on cell phones because yeah. we didn't have. Who was it? Shag. The great Shag Miller. The great Shag Miller yeah. says to me, you're our new news director. Be here in the morning. <laughs> Wait a minute, Shag. I don't know anything about anything. I don't know how to run the stuff, you know. Yeah. I don't know what a news director... Well, you're going to learn, slam. <laughs> and then I was there eight you years. Were, you were ordered to, to be the news director. I was ordered. I got recruited. Yeah. Yes. That's a, and, and it was a little different than, than it is now. Everything's computer and everything now. They used to have the cards. You had to record all the stuff. and yep. It was a little more tricky, a little we more labor-intensive back in those days. But now I'd be worse, I think. <laughs> no, I, I'm sure you do good still. But, but you, and you used to you'd drive around in the car and you'd follow news. Yeah, because all the time. well, we'd get those tips. Yeah. Like there's a wreck or there's a fire. The ones I wasn't crazy about were the murders. Yeah. And I co covered a couple of big ones, like uh, Pat Duffy's parents being murdered in oh, Boulder. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was a that was an yeah international yeah. story. International, yeah. as was the nickel story. Oh yeah, the the kidnapping, when they the murder, the, yeah, the skier, and that that was in the. Uh, they made a movie house. about that, yeah. Yeah. Oh, was there? Yeah, there was a made-for-TV movie about it that came out a few. It wasn't very good, but. And then most of them aren't. that was in the courthouse in Virginia City, and it was a hundred degrees in the courthouse. And it was Judge Davis from Dillon, and he let me be in there. The TV people were out on the lawn. <laughs> and then I got 
I sat on a barrel on the wooden sidewalks of Virginia City. And then we did that all over the nation too. And then some nice people let me use their house and their phone so it was easier to transmit to all those places. Yeah. And that way you, you called in on the phone and did your reports over the phone. Yeah, from I was giving a report. Yeah. And it went worldwide, too. That yeah. was a big worldwide story. Yeah, that was, that was, I remember when that happened. When it was, yeah, because there was, I remember when she was, they were looking for her and everything. It was a, it was a bad, it turned out, worked out all right. But of course, someone did, somebody got shot, though, didn't? Killed. Was it? Uh, it was trying to rescue her. Was it a, a cop or rescuer got some Friend. Here? It was just a friend. Yeah, it's been been a few years since I... I mean, me that. too. The one that seemed to raise the most challenge was somebody had written on the inside of the Lewis and Clark Caverns. I'll tell you, people were so mad and stirred up about that. Yeah. I mean, I was able to cover a lot of interesting things. Yeah. Yeah, that was an interesting time. So what, you were, you were there from, what, uh, mid-'80s? to early 90s? Yeah, kind of? October of 1990, I started at the station. Oh, 1990? Okay. And no, I started at the chamber, at the chamber in 1990. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, because you were there through the 80s. And, uh, yeah, I was there from 82 okay. to 1990. Yeah, because I, I remember it just the news every hour listening, Connie Kenny come on, and you had that uh, very distinctive voice. Oh, good. Yeah, and a professional voice. You know, you were. It was. It wasn't me on the radio. It was. A, it was a <laughs> professional on there. And then I did a. Always did five days a week a sports one, hmm. and I did a, a five minute one. I taped in the day, because Shag liked to have voice cuts. Yeah. So I knew all the coaches. I'd go up to Butte High or Central and say, "Here's your five, your forty five seconds. Get with it." <laughs> Make it count, huh? Make it count. Yeah. What was it like to work for Shag? I, I just knew him briefly. I didn't never had to work Well, with of him. course, I knew Gus because I went to college with Gus. And if there's ever anybody interested in English and grammar, it was Gus. Gus. Oh. Well, who's Gus? That, uh... Gus is Shag's wife. Oh, okay. And they own the station together. Oh. I had known Shag for years. I lived on one end of Platinum, and he lived on the other. And then... I lived in between my family home and his house, three, three uh, houses away. So oh. I'd known him a long time. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, money, money, money. Luckily, I had a closet, which was my office. Yeah. So when they got going on the salespeople, I just disappeared. I wasn't a salesperson, right? Yeah. I was a news lady. I was also not just the news director. I was the entire staff of news. Yeah. Yes, I, I remember your, uh, I know where that office is, your, your closet office. Paul Panisco had that. Love it. Same office for 20-some for years, yeah. Love it. Yeah. And, and Gus did get a window put in it. Yeah. So you didn't feel like you were smothered. <laughs> so, yeah, and uh, yeah, Shag was, I mean, he's, that way the KBOW was run is, is different than stations, around the country still i mean it's still ron davis owns the station but it still has shag's f fingerprints all over it it does indeed 
you know, because, you know, the news at the bottom of the hour, you know, top of the hour is national news and bottom of the hour is local news. Which I like a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. You get into a rhythm, you know what's going on. Well, then you're in the car. Yeah. Half the time. Yeah, and it's, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a great it's a great radio station. It was fun to, it, you know, I worked there ten and a half years. Yeah. And it was it was a lot of fun working there, even if I was mispronouncing names and uh, saying saying picture instead of picture. But I was trying to help you. <laughs> you always it was I, I I remember when you'd listen to me, you'd tell me you listened, and I was like, oh. That's kind of like your English teacher telling you that uh, he's reading your stories that you're right. I am an English teacher. <laughs> so it was double whammy yeah. for me. You get the grammar, the, the, the enunciation, the pronunciation. I, 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 but I, I really appreciate it. You were always trying to help me. And then yeah. I'd say, now, Bill, you're doing better. Yeah. Keep it up. Okay, that was better than the last time. <laughs> First times were really tough. Yeah. But, uh, and... So is, is that the stories that you remember that the Lady of the Rockies obviously was what you remember mostly for and those, the, yes. those are the murders. Is there anything else that stands out to you? Well, I mean, there are a lot of things, you yeah. know. Happy and sad. I got yeah. to cover happy things. Yeah. You know, like the stroll and Christmas trees and summer things and all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah, which is important because when you're doing the news... And I was, of course, there's a big difference between I, what I was doing. I was reading the news, you know, the, mostly off the wire. We had some local stuff, but, you know, because my job was I became the news director to fill time until we started ButteSports.com with, with right. Ron. Yeah. You know, and it was kind of like this just, oh, by the way, you're the news director. But you were out getting the stories, you know, and obviously reading different stories, wire stories as well. But you're dealing with bad news all the time. I mean, there's not a lot of good news. People always say they want to hear good news, but that good news isn't really news a lot of times, you know. They yeah. want to hear bad news. That's yeah. a bad thing. Yeah. Now, I covered a ton of those fires, and to me, they're just I just hate fire. Yeah. And I, I felt sad because down it went. Yeah, a lot of, lot of buildings yeah. go away. Lots of arsenal. Yeah. Was Monty Boston, were you covering it when Monty was there? He kept you busy. No, but Monty, I was covering at the chamber. That was a different oh, thing. Oh, so yeah, you were, you were working at the chamber then. Yeah, he was a pain. No, they, you know, they set the chamber on fire. Oh, did they burn the chamber too? Well, it didn't totally burn down, but we couldn't work there anymore. Oh. But it, I think it didn't go because everything was closed. Yeah. And... I also think it was done because it was named Butte Silver Bowl. He was after Butte Silver Bowl stuff. Yeah, and that was that was a Monty Boston one too. Well, that's what they still think. Yeah. And I, I don't. I think he he got out of prison, if I remember right. He think. did. He, yeah. yeah. Hopefully, he's doing well and rehabilitated. I hope so. And yeah. I got a letter from him, not saying he did it, but just a letter. And, but the bad thing was, my son, Pat, was the cleaning man. And without knowing anything, he opened the door, and he got that backlash. Oh, really? And that was really scary. He ran across to McDonald's to say, there's a fire. And that, uh, of course, that led to building the new building, which you raised. You said you weren't a salesperson, but you you turned into a pretty good fundraiser, because that was... You know, of dollars that yeah, in the meantime, that. we went to the mall. Yeah. They offered us a room, and we did the chamber from there. But then 
trying to get a piece of land that everybody agreed with, which everybody won't. Yeah, it's hard but to get three people in, to agree. Yeah. It's in a wonderful place when yeah. you think of it. Yeah. You want to be close to the interstate. Yeah. And yet be able to get uptown quick. Yeah. But to be able to raise that money before I retired and pay it off, yeah. of course it would cost six times as much now, but it was not just corporations, thank God for them like Oracle, but was individual people, it was groups, it was friends. One day, a dear gentleman came in with his wife and gave me a check for $3,000. I tell you, I cried. Yeah. That's amazing. Oh, oh it was amazing. And it is a great building. I've been in there multiple times because that's... I, I used to be... Uh, on, Don Peoples would get me on the committee to choose when they had the all-star basketball game that the chamber sponsors. Right. After, you know, right after state tournament. And he had me in there a few times. But it's, it's a really nice building. There's a lot of great resources. People come in from out of town to visit our information. Yep. And then we've got the George Grant Fly Collection. Yeah. And now a ton more stuff. But I had two friends of mine in wheelchairs. One of them happened to be Jack Healy, hmm. who was our best man, grandfather of the person that just made 20 points. 21, I think. At 21? I think it was 21, yeah. Jack, he was, uh, he applauded for me one time when I, uh, I got in a fight in a, against Anaconda. Oh. In a basketball game, I, that kid from Anaconda hit me in the face, and then the ball just bounced to me, and I turned around and threw it at him. And it was a big deal. My mom was madder than hell at me. Then, you know, all the other fans were oh, happy because yeah. it's kind of a goonish Anaconda guy, you know. And uh, I look, remember looking over and seeing Jack clapping for me in his <laughs> wheelchair sit there. And because John, his, his son John, is a good friend right. of mine and was yeah. one of my teammates. And it was pretty cool because I believe his grandma Sheila's birthday was Tuesday, you know, and she just passed away within the last year. And he honored her with a birthday with a huge performance against the Butte High Bulldogs. It was incredible. Certainly did. Yeah, did you get to watch that game on TV? Did I try? Yeah. Oh, did I try? Yeah. I couldn't find it. Really? Well, it kept saying where it was going to be. And it wasn't there, huh? No. It said it was on, well, you know. And, no, i got to find a different way to do this for 1923. <laughs> did you get to listen on the radio then? Yeah, and I have a little tiny grizzly radio. Yeah. <laughs> said, quick, get that out. Yeah, yeah so, it isn't the same. So you got Ron Davis called it for you? He called it for me. Yeah, and you, you worked at the station with Ron, too, a little bit, didn't you? When he, yeah, when he was a young buck. Yeah, but right before he bought it, because uh, he worked there for probably 10 years or so. He worked before, there a long time. Yeah, yep. before he bought it. What Did you have to teach him? Did you? Well... It's hard to teach Ron anything, but <laughs> <laughs> yes, I might have helped along the yeah, way. because he's a polished radio guy now. But maybe sure. I didn't, you know. Yeah, that's funny. He's real pro now. Yeah, he's re yeah he's very good. Yeah, he does. He's he calls excellent. a good game. He's good in the mornings and everything. Yeah. You know, and when he has to fill in, it's just like he just got off. Yeah. Hi, I'm Delaney Foley, a 2022 Mariah's Challenge Scholarship winner, and here's what Mariah's Challenge means to me. It means staying true to myself and not giving in to peer pressure. It means saying no to underage drinking and never getting into a vehicle with a driver who is impaired. It means setting a positive example for the generations that follow. It means growing old and helping others do the same. I'm Delaney, and I accept Mariah's Challenge. I hope you join me and show that you too are Butte Tough.
Are you looking for somewhere to watch your favorite teams play or just somewhere to meet your friends? Or are you looking for a place to hold your big celebration or cater your private event? Look no further than Metal's Sports Bar and Grill. They can do it all. With their 31 big screen televisions, you will not miss a second of action and a full menu of cooked to perfection favorites is sure to please. Try the Vault Burger, raise fingers, or one of Chef T's specialty items. Or just enjoy a drink and some friendly company with Dave and the staff as you take in the action at Metal Sports Bar and Grill. Metal Sports Bar and Grill is located on the corner of Park and Main in historic Uptown Butte. Stop by today or check out their menu at metalsportsbarandgrill.com. Metal Sports Bar and Grill, where the food is the star. The Uptop Clothing Company is a Butte-based business with big plans in Uptown Butte. Uptop also dresses champions around the state of Montana and beyond. You will find the Uptop logo on Butte High's football uniforms, and Uptop is designing the uniforms for Butte High's inaugural baseball season in 2023. Order your college or team apparel today. If you want gear for the Bobcats, Grizzlies, Ordiggers, Bulldogs, or Saints, Uptop has what you want and so much more. Uptop also takes custom orders on team apparel and uniforms. Visit teamuptop.com today and save 15% off your first order. The Uptop Clothing Company. Enjoy the moment. There's no story so good that a drink from Park Street Liquors won't make it better. From the finest whiskeys and regional spirits to the latest RTDs and select wines, Park Street Liquors has all the ingredients to make your parties and stories legendary. Park Street Liquors can also assist with your corporate event or wedding by helping create and plan your wine and spirits menus. You name it and Park Street Liquors has it. Stop by and see Tom and the crew at 133 West Park Street or call 406-782-6278. Make your stories legendary. Markovich Construction Incorporated is Southwest Montana's largest and most successful general contracting firm. They employ the best field craftsmen, managers, and support staff, and they maintain the most complete fleet of building construction equipment in the area. Markovich Construction has the construction team to make any project a success. They have a proven successful history of working with owners and design professionals to address any project challenges and they routinely bring in projects ahead of schedule and within budget. Recent projects include the Veterans Home, Burt Mooney Airport, Starbucks, the Ridgewater Water Park, and more. Visit MarkovichCons.com to see some of their recent projects and call 406-494-3901 to let Markovich Construction work for you. Markovich Construction, when performance counts. 5518 Designs is your uptown Butte destination for all of your apparel and gift needs. 5518 offers their own line of in-house designed and locally produced apparel celebrating what we love about Butte and our Montana lifestyle. You'll also find outdoor essentials such as Chaco sandals, Dekine backpacks and gear, and Kabu apparel and packs. Something for the whole family. Visit 5518 Designs at 27 North Main Street in the heart of historic uptown Butte and online at shop5518.com. Now, as a director, of course, the one thing I remember at the chamber, and I, I think you were probably the one person in town who wasn't very amused about it, but everybody else was laughing, is when Bill Murray stole oh. the old number one. Bill Murray came along, <laughs> and those of you who don't know he was, he was a comic. Yeah. And he owned part of the Copper King baseball. 
So he comes along. I don't know how this happened, but suddenly, oh, yes, I do. He wanted the trolley to go up, and the driver, he said to the driver, get out of the seat. <laughs> he told. He ordered him out. He told the driver, get out of the seat, I'm driving. So then I'm, I'm uh, nervous about it, but not too bad. Yeah. Then I hear the trolley was going down the wrong way on one of the streets. Yeah, he like ended Parker up Galena was going the wrong way. Yeah. Driving it onto the field. <laughs> way to go, Bill. Yeah, and I thought, I hope the insurance people aren't listening. <laughs> I was. Uh, I remember that I was working at the Montana Standard, and I was an intern, and I couldn't go to that game. I had. I was designing like the weather page, and you know the all out different stuff, stuff. You know the weather and like the stocks and stuff. I did was I was working there, and I remember the story. The Standard story was just. It was really. I can't remember who wrote it, but it was a really well written, funny story. And I remember going to the Copper King games later, and and talking to one of the the women who was also a part owner of that team. And she was talking about how and it must have been you yelling, we don't have insurance. It was me. And she and somebody yelled back, well, Bill Murray doesn't need insurance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's so true. But it was Why such, would yeah. I worry? And so Bill Murray goes out, and he throws the first pitch out after driving all those people onto the field. Right. And he throws the first pitch, and he's just fired it right over the backstop, <laughs> over, out, out, of the, out of the stadium. And it was a funny story, but, yeah, it, it took you a few years probably to laugh at that story. No, I laughed pretty soon. The one that was so upset was the driver. Was he? I don't remember who it was. Yeah. And just shaking that I'd be blaming him, which I didn't. Yeah. Yeah, what do you say when Bill Murray tells you to get out of the seat? To... Yeah, get out of the seat. Yeah, that's one of the, that's what, that's a great story, too. It was just that's a good story. How that yeah. all happened. But yeah, and you were, what, 13 years, I believe, you, you were in charge of 13 that? 13 years, yeah. And I got to do a lot of wonderful things. Yeah. I represented us at the International Film Festival every year with the state because I was the film liaison, Southwest Montana. Yeah. So I would, we would go usually to L.A. in their great big convention center. Yeah. Got to watch the Clippers play. Oh, and then cool. I also went to the tourism festival, tourism thing where I try to lure people to come to Montana to film. I guess it worked. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're the reason we blame for those roads being blocked off I this could, summer. Yeah, huh? I could be, get blamed. <laughs> and then when they came, and several film groups did, I didn't even ever meet the actor or actresses. That wasn't my job. My job was find them housing. Yeah. And I convinced three people to go and stay at their lake houses. And one of the couples got to go on a cruise from the money they made from the rent. Oh, nice. That worked. Yeah, that worked out all right. And then stuff like close the street, find a building, get access, all else, that was my job. Yeah. And you have, a, you have an IMDB page, you know, you look up act, actresses and actors. And you search your name. That's one of the things that came up on the internet. Is is Connie Kenny? I am BD for Don't Come Knocking. I was, yeah. Yeah, and so it it says known for Don't Come Knocking. And what, I don't remember what you were were in that movie. Where what was? Your I scene? wasn't anything. I was just helping them. Oh, so they they listed you in the credits. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They okay, all listed in the credits. So you do have your own IMDb page. You and Tom Cruise and. Oh yeah. And well, like, sure. Long. Yeah. <laughs> but one of my best ones is that uh, Tom Cruise did that Irish one in Billings. 
Oh, okay. Whatever the name of it is. Yeah. Switch names. And he sent, they sent the producer and director over to Butte because they wanted to do it right. They wanted to have the Irish ports correct. So they said, can you round up somebody? Oh, yeah. Who did I get? John T. Shea and Kevin Shannon. <laughs> and Can't get any better than those two. No, and we were at the back of the M&M, which I arranged so mm. that we'd be there. And it was hush, hush, like we'd know who yeah. the producer and director are or care. Yeah. So we get there, and they bring a male secretary. He writes down notes, and they tell them what's wrong. Boy, do they tell them what's wrong. Oh. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> yeah. You don't do it that way. That wasn't it at all, they'd say. I didn't. I never heard that because Kevin Shannon is, is a relative. You know, he was my Grandpa Jerry's Oh, was he? Yeah, so I, I've known, and Kevin was uh, friends of the family on my other side of the family. You know, it was really close. Friend, so you really like, got him. Yeah, so I knew him pretty well. But I didn't know he was a consultant like that for that oh, movie. Oh, but everybody, I got him for everything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I probably got him for five different shows. Yeah. Not movies necessarily, but yeah. short TV things. So, you know, Kevin wouldn't be quiet. John T. wouldn't be quiet. No. They told them they just thought they ought to start over and everything. <laughs> so, and then they kept ma mentioning Tom Cruise. So at the end, I think it was John T. said, do you mind if we ask you a question? <laughs> and they said, fine. Who the hell is John, T John this Cruise guy anyway? <laughs> I, I thought I was going to die laughing. <laughs> that is funny. John T. Because John T. Shaker, I, I knew him pretty well, too. Oh, what I, I loved him. What I remember from him is there was a story in the newspaper. They were going to, the company wanted to tear down the gallus frames and use the, oh, yeah. the, the scrap, you know, the metal for scrap. And uh, John T. Shea's quote in the Montana Standard was, if they tear down the first one, they'll swing from the second one. <laughs> they did tear down the first one, and that was the last yeah. one. Yeah. So he, he I really was there for that. Yeah. Yeah, what a character, John. Touché. Yeah, who is this Cruise guy anyway? Yeah, that must have been, I would have killed to be there for a conversation here, oh, Kevin and laugh, John together. Oh, laugh, I'll tell you. Yeah, they were funny. Oh, yeah, they were darling. And yeah. I, I mean, it was many others. I could drop them, literally call them at the drop of a hat and say, there's some guys coming in in an hour. Could you meet me? Yeah. And we did. I, I, I was in a movie with... Uh, I didn't get an IMDb page. I don't even remember the name of the movie. But they filmed one in the M&M after Charlie closed the doors. It was like a, maybe a year after it was closed for a while. And we were sitting there, and they kept giving us. I was there with Matt Vinson and Tom Malloy. And our job was just to sit and drink beer and talk. Gee, what and they a sad and they, thing. and they kept giving us free beer. And uh, Kevin was sitting on the, at the food counter. I was down by the door on, at the bar. Kevin was on the food counter, and he was drinking. I remember he had sweats. And uh, he had a, he was, you know, was, he was older then, and he had a bottle of water. And our job was to sit there and talk. And when the door opened, the actor came in. He was looking to fight a guy who was standing by Malloy. And we had to just all of a sudden stop and just stare at the action like a fight oh. was going to happen. And then instead, the guy turned and he poured two shots, and then they drank a shot. And we all did the, you know, the St. Patrick's Day, oh, a cheer. And I remember looking down and seeing Kevin holding his bottle of water up. The, I just all I was like, please don't show the bottle of water. Put a beer in that. How cute. <laughs> but it was, uh, I don't even know. I've never seen the movie. I don't know the name of it. But 
we were there for the free beer that day. Matt Vincent called me up and says, get down here. They're giving out free beer. We can be in a movie at the M&M. You said, <laughs> I'll, be I'll be right, right there. there. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll be there right away. And I was, my dad, I, th- I think my dad may have been there too for that. What fun. Yeah, that was a, that was a good time. And of course, that was long before I quit drinking. I, now that I'm married, I can never get away with just leaving in the middle of the day to go to the M&M for four hours. No, <laughs> you can't. That's over. Yeah, those days, those days are, are long past. Oh, but, gosh. And, and another thing I, I saw and found out about you, you interviewed Charles Corralt. I did interview Charles Corralt one time. How did that come about? I don't know. Yeah. And he was in town? Well, I mean, it's a long time ago, yes. Yeah. I, and then I was with Bobby Knight. Really? Yes, at the station. That was exciting. At the station? He was. Well, yeah, I interviewed him for yeah. KVOW. But I was afraid. You know how he treats people. Yeah, you don't want to ask a bad question to Bobby Knight. Well, yeah. and I didn't want to be treated that way. Yeah. But he was a total gentleman. Yeah. I have my picture with him. Oh, do you? And then Jack Nicholas, of course, because opening the golf course yeah. and all that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So what was, what was Charles Corralt like? Very gentlemanly, too. Yeah. I don't remember what we were discussing or yeah. why he would have been there. Yeah. But I got to interview him one-on-one. But he was great. He had that voice, too, that you he just He had that knew. voice. And, and he did say, and his stories were like human interest stories around, right. around the nation. That was always, I love catching those segments on the news. I did, too, but I don't know what mine was. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. Bobby Knight, that, that's kind of a big one. You know, John Thatcher threw him out of a boat. Oh, uh, one what? Time. Yeah, John was, I think there was a basketball camp down in Dillon, and they were fishing down in the Beaverhead, and, and Bobby, did, Bobby wasn't being very nice to somebody in the boat, and JT pulled the boat over to get out. <laughs> I told you, you don't. I love those Thatchers. Yeah, you don't mess with the Thatchers. Never, and that's why I love them. I just keep them on my side. Yeah, as long as they're on your side, that they're they're perfect. Oh, they're gentlemen. Yeah, I compare them to the. As I told Bones, yeah, I compare them to the Earp brothers. <laughs> you know, because you, you watch the White Earp movies, I could just see those guys. White Earp. Yeah, you don't want to mess with one of them. That's for sure. For sure. But they're the yeah, they're the greatest family. Oh yeah, my you goodness! Can, <laughs> you can know. You know, last night, too, when Harrison Ford was being interviewed, he was very funny. But he said, you know, those were real horses. And then they showed him the cowboy thing, walking out to talk. Yeah. That reminded me because it was uptown. Yeah. I I haven't watched any of those episodes of the show. I haven't either, but it's just starting the 5th. Yeah. The 23. So they say, uh, you know, I, I, I joke that you, Harrison Ford is a good actor. He made me believe that Indiana Jones was afraid of snakes. He made me believe the Millennium Falcon could fly at live speed. But he'll never make me believe that Uptown Butte is Bozeman. No, <laughs> he, I don't want to go that far. He's not that good of an actor. But, uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. He was talking about Butte on with Stephen Colbert. Yeah, I mean, show. that's big time. Yeah, which is pretty cool. And uh, I've heard really good things about him. My my wife got to talk. She didn't get. A, she said hi to him, and he didn't say anything because he was memorizing his lines. Like Eddie Kelly was one of the extras, and he said he was just a fantastic guy the whole time. And Helen Mirren was wonderful. Yeah. And nobody disturbed her till she yeah. made the first gesture. Yeah. They and, loved it here. They're coming back. I'm so thrilled. Isn't that good? There's uh, something about Butte that we don't. Seems like we really don't bother people that much when they like if a celebrity comes to town. I remember being at Maloney's and one of the guys from uh, 
uh, what the full, full House, one of the comedians, the blonde guy, not uh, not not Joey or the or the guy who died uh, recently, but uh, he was there and just sitting at the bar with the people he came with, and nobody bothered him. You know, people said hi, hey, how you doing, and just walked over and sat down at their stool. Nobody bothered him, and so. I really like that, yeah. and they do too. Yeah, and imagine they go a lot of places. They can't can't uh-huh. just have you sit down and have a drink. You know, they gotta. No. They're getting bombarded all the time. So it's kind of, Butte's kind of a cool place like that, I think. I like that a lot. Yeah. I think it shows good manners, for one yeah. thing. Yeah, no kidding. Well, I remember, of course, I think Butte's out. My, I remember my mom one time, I, I ran the, the Blarney Stone race. And I was probably 10, 11 years old. I was, got finished, and I was, I was dead. I was crying. And my mom's kind of sitting there telling me, no, just toughen up. But she's kind of joking with the guy next to her. As they're, you know, just talking like they're old friends. You know, my mom's talking to this guy, not... And, I, and later I said, who's that guy? She said, oh, that's Max Baucus. Oh. <laughs> she said, I was crying in front of Max Baucus after running the Blarney Stone race. Oh, gosh. Back when it finished on it finished on Front Street, down somewhere down by the Deluxe. I used to try cover those, too. Did you, oh, you covered all well, those events? Well, I covered the course, the no, November 11th one. Yeah. Well, Pat Carney probably was... Uh, he was right there. Right and there. then we bet, Carney and I, on almost every Bobcat Grizz game. Oh, did you? Yeah. See, I wore the right shirt. It happened there, right? to be when the Grizz were winning, so I was winning. Yeah, they won 16 straight, something like that. 16, yeah, 17 that's straight. what we were betting. Yeah, Carney wasn't, that wasn't a good time to be betting. No, it wasn't. <laughs> and how come you were a Grizz fan? What? Because I went there. No. Yeah. My dad graduated yeah. from there. My uncles graduated yeah. from there. My aunt graduated there. My brothers and sisters and yeah. I all went there. Yeah. Your granddaughter graduated. My granddaughter Riley went there. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. well, and then happens to be that Bobby Hulk is my cousin. That doesn't hurt to be a Grizz. Yeah, that kind of makes it a little bit uh, closer. Well, we're kind of in demand, though. Yeah. And uh, did you, how's he related? How are the Hulks related to you? Well, his dad and I are first cousins. And my dad, and Bob Sr.'s mother, or brother and sister, and they're all from Butte. Yeah. They were all born in Butte. Yes. Yeah, and I, I of course, I've met Tom, uh, Bobby a few times. Tom Halk went in the Hall of Fame a few years ago, which was awesome to Oh, see. yeah, and we then, worked on that one. Yeah, and then I got to, uh, I, I interviewed uh, this summer at uh, Colt Anderson's event. I talked for a while with uh, Tim Halk. Tim, And yep. Tim is you're not going to find a nicer guy than Tim Houck. Always great. And I wasn't sure he'd be that nice of a guy because I, I knew Tim Houck from being the guy who just killed people on the football field. He was one of the hardest hitters you'll ever see. Yeah, and he's five foot 11, yeah. 150 Nothing pounds to or him. something. Yeah, just, just all toughness. He's just tough, butte tough. Yeah. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. I forgot, yeah, you're related to the Houck's, and you're also related to the Correttes. I am a Corrette. Yeah, the Corrette family. Yeah, you were, is yes. that your maiden name? Corrette? I am one. Your maiden he, name's Corrette? Yes. Okay, so uh, now R.D. Corrette was all. My everyone, brother. He, every, he was pretty famous uh, as, a, as an attorney in town. And it was the one Corrette that I didn't, when I realized you were related to Correttes, and I had no idea the name, we didn't do the correlation of the name. Matt Vincent and I did a column, which was kind of poking fun at Pat Carney in the Butte Sports Hall of Fame was we had a Butte Rats <laughs> Hall of Fame. Just And the whole goal of it was just to tease Pat, you know, to see if we get yeah. a letter from Pat. And one of the ones we mentioned was Willie Corrette because he, he was the boy 10 years old 
he fell into the mine. Oh, Willie Corrette. Yes, yeah, he did. Like in 1890. Yep. He and he's, in, he's buried in our... You did a great job on that. Yeah, because I, I remember you sent uh, Matt, what did Matt call him, to say, hey, kid. And we got a letter from him. I said, oh, no, we're in trouble. And then, I, and then you sent us a picture oh, of his of grave. Of the grave. And you told us that was kind of cool to mention. He's in the correct plot at St. Yeah. Patrick's. Yeah. Did you see that he was featured on that ghost show? No. He was... Uh, there was one Sheriff Lester. They they call he was in there and they called Chief Executive J.P. Gallagher. They called him Mayor Gallagher. It was like the Ghost of Devil's Perch is what it was called. It was it aired in the fall in Butte. And I made fun of it because I don't I'm not a ghost believer, you know. I, I never have known about it. Yeah, but they uh, they had this uh, the the Tommy Knocker players when they were filming it. The baseball, you know, college kids were were staying at the the mansion there. Uh, the the Clark Man. Uh, Parking mansion. It's, well, it's the one, no, the mansion across the street from the, the gas station, right on the corner of Excelsior and oh yeah, and Montana Street. That's the Kelly or, Mansion. Or on Park Street, and they're staying there. And the kids said it was haunted. They had doors were you know drawers were open and oh. and everything. And they came in to fix it, and they said they did some research. Had Chris Fisk research, and they said Willie Corrette was a baseball player who died in that. General oh my god and they said so they went down to the basement or wherever and they they, they brought an offering to willie Corrette, tell him it's okay he they thought he was he was there protecting them against this dark ghost that were falling around oh my and goodness. they they had a like a tommy knocker baseball hat and a jersey and a mitt they put down they said they're offering this to willie you can go home and i I thought, what, I, I'll never in my life believe Willie Corrette was, you know, I'm not, a, I, like I say, I don't believe in ghosts, but. I think he was maybe older, like around 16. Was he that old? And he caught it and went right down the mine shaft. Yeah, and he was, so he would have been like a, an uncle to you, great uncle? He would have been, yes, he's my grandfather's brother. Really? Did your grandpa ever talk about that? No, yeah. we didn't know even to ask him. Really? However, speaking of my grandfather, John Corrett, mm -hmm. he played on the 1889 Butte High football team. 1889. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was that. They played seven years. It wasn't that he wasn't smart. Mm -hmm. It was that they that was their team. They played all kinds of big teams. And now you would know this. Is it the Rocket where you throw somebody over the end line? Was that the name of the play the, years they, ago? It could be, yeah. They just, they, they'd give you the launch, have the guys launch over. He was the launch. He was the launch? <laughs> and I had his uh, I had his diploma. Pretty sure it's 1889. Well, I have a picture yeah. of them. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But then lately I heard some interesting football statistics and one of them was that when they threw that out, <laughs> you no longer can throw people. Yeah, you can't do it anymore. No. <laughs> yeah, you get someone small enough, just throw them. <laughs> it might he, kill somebody he wasn't very down. big at all. Yeah, that's that's another thing is you can is the landing is the key part of that too. The landing <laughs> is what I would be afraid. <laughs> yeah, you could really get yourself hurt doing that. So we have a long history with yeah. Butte High and Butte Central. Yeah. Casa Grande Steakhouse serves steak and so much more. You cannot beat their seasoned, hand-cut Rocky Mountain ground beef. 
but did you know about their menu filled with made-to-order pastas, chicken sautés, mouth-watering seafood, appetizers, enticing desserts, or their most recent addition, sushi? Thursday nights are sushi nights at Casa Grandes, where you will be welcomed as a part of the family. Casa Grandes can also handle all your catering needs with style, class, and a taste that cannot be beat. Visit Casa Grande Steakhouse inside the historic Bertoglio Warehouse at 801 South Utah Avenue in Uptown Butte. Call 406-723-4141 for reservations. Check out their menu at casagrandesteakhouse.com. Casa Grande Steakhouse, eat where the locals eat. Dig City Supply has everything you need to cheer on your Montana tech or diggers with the largest selection of locally designed and produced fully licensed apparel and gifts. Bulldog and Maroon fans can shop their huge selection of fan gear for your teams and schools as well as a wide selection of Butte themed items. Modern, classic, wear your pride from Dig City Supply, a division of 5518 Designs located across from the parking garage at 43 West Park Street in Uptown Butte or online at digcitysupply.com. Visiting your neighborhood Thriftway Superstops was already your favorite stop of the day. Now, it is even better. Join the brand new Thriftway Loyalty Club to rack up big discounts, earn free stuff, and receive more TLC with every visit. Download the TLC app and take advantage of great deals on pizza, grab-and-go favorites, fresh-brewed coffee, cool fountain drinks, and much, much more at your neighborhood Thriftway Superstops. Loyalty Club members also save five cents per gallon off top-tier conical fuel every single day. Plus, earn points at the pump and in the store. This message is brought to you by Anode Designs in Anaconda. I know what you're all thinking. Foley, you twit. Why are you letting this Anaconda hack get connected with the Buttecast? Well, folks, money talks. Anode Designs is a printing and direct-to-garment shop in Anaconda. But that's not all we do. We actually specialize in embroidery and graphic design. We also dabble in sign creation and vinyl banners, also decals for your motor vehicles. Now, there are so many great options for screen printers out there. Take 5518, for example. You all know the work John and company do in Butte. And like me, they support local guys like this who started a podcast. Really original. But if your current printer is too busy to get your job done in a timely fashion, why not give us a try? For a limited time only, all new businesses who place an order with Anode Designs will get their screen, embroidery, and graphic design origination fees waived. Just call 406-563-0121 or email anodedesignsllc at gmail.com and use the code FOLEYWHO during the consultation. Anode Designs is a proud supporter of the Buttecast and is pushing hard to get more Anaconda talent on the show. Don't just take it from me. Listen to the buttery smooth voice of a Butte legend tell you. There's two things we like about Butte. It's 24 miles away and Tom O'Neill. Welcome to Copperhead Country. Your, your family roots run pretty deep into the, the mining city. Well, my grandmother and dad and I and my son, both sons, were all born here. That's pretty awesome. And my grandmother's father came from County Cork, Bearhaven. <laughs> County Cork. Yep. Yeah. I believe my the Foley side of my family was County Cork. Were they Cork Codians too? Yeah, but I, I don't have the accent like that to say <laughs> for sure. Well, you just can you build up the accent. Mm. You're around one for a minute, and you've got the accent. Yeah. Oh, I'm afraid to do the accent because Kevin Shannon would tell me, no, that's not how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fun. But you're, So you're, uh, how long did your, your, your dad live? What? 
Well, I think he was about 75, but my yeah. mom was the invalid. Yeah. And she lasted 10 more years. Really? That was astounding. Yeah. And and your dad, uh, did, he, did he ever tell you lots of stories about football and stuff? Or? Well, he didn't play football. Yeah. He was golf and tennis. Golf. Did, okay, so your, your grandfather well, was Well, we should have asked more, just like yeah. our kids ought to ask now why yeah. one of us is alive. There's two of us alive, my sister and I. What's your sister's name? Susan. Susan Karepmatul. She lives in Missoula. Oh, really? And there, yeah, there's, uh, there are many Karets still around? I said I knew uh, Lori Karet. Lori is my niece. Yeah. R.D.'s daughter. Yeah. And then Chris, her sister's here a lot. Yeah, yeah there aren't many of us here. Because now we're Kenny's. <laughs> now you're Kenny. But we're here. But the end of Kenny. You know, and I, I thought when I heard Kenny's name, uh, Fred Kenny on the radio, and then there's Connie Kenny and Fred Kenny, I thought that might have been your husband. Yep. Until I, I met Fred, you know, and Fred's like 5'1". I, I know was going to say he's up to my chest. Yeah, Fred's, uh, Fred didn't have any kids that were playing post for a state championship no. team. Uh-uh. <laughs> But this was cute. I was at the Exchange Club Awards banquet. Yeah. And this woman came up to me and said, Well, I just can't believe what you've done to my mother. And I said, What have I done to your mother? <laughs> she said, Well, she thought you and Fred Klein was yeah. his real name. Yes, yeah. Kenny was a stage. Were name. married. And I said, What? It's not even spelled the same. Yeah. But no, we aren't. Well, she's so hurt about this. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, Fred, he picked the Kenny for uh, as a Kenny. second stage name when he was in New York. Yeah, and Klein's his name. Yeah, which I, I didn't realize that until I'd known him for several years. But he spelled it K-E-N-N-Y. Right, and we're the E-Y. Yeah, which... Uh, that was one of the funniest things that, that happened to me, I just thought. Yeah. Where am I? Yeah. So so you had four careers, you say. So the first one was a mom. Then you no, were... No, the first one was teaching. Oh, teaching. And then, then a mom. Then the mom lasted till uh, 2023. Yeah. Right now. And then I was the news lady, so yeah. to speak. Then I was at the chamber and mm. visitor center and film liaison and all those yeah. things. Well, and then the fifth one, you could argue, is, is grandma. A grandma, oh yeah, I'm a great grandma. Following those, those athletes around the state like you did. Holy man! I couldn't believe the miles you put on that car. Had 149,000, but I'm gonna give 49,000 back. I'd say it was 100,000. <laughs> was that? What was that like watching when you're you, when Riley comes to town to play against Butte Central in the state tournament? What was that like for you? Oh, to watch? it was fun, and she had her first. Uh, yeah, it was in Butte. She had played beautifully, and I was in a wheelchair because I had just had my knee done. Yeah. And she had her first home run <laughs> right here in Butte. And, interestingly, she had her thousandth point in basketball in, in the game. Civic Center. In her last game, right? And they didn't ever, we didn't ever know anybody counted. It was a guy who wasn't involved with the school at all. He had all our stats, and we couldn't figure out. I think we were losing. I don't know which it was. 
but far ahead either team. Yeah. And they kept leaving her in. That's why they left her in. Yeah. To get that last point. Yeah. I I remember her dad. He he was kind of a vocal uh, dad in the crowd cheering for his daughter. Sometimes. Yeah. That game anyway. I think he was uh, going for the thousand points. That was pretty cool. When, when yeah. And got as that. I say, we didn't even know about. It. Yeah. I didn't know about it. Yeah. Well, somebody asked me. I remember before the game, told me she needed. It was like 16 or 18 points or something like that she needed to get to 1,000. And, and in those days, she was on the freshman varsity, but they didn't let them play much as yeah. freshmen, no matter how good they yeah, were. Yeah, it's hard to score 1,000 points in high school, especially if you don't play. You don't get, you know, get a lot of your freshman year. year you know, you got to. Yeah. And so she, she did most the, of hers her last two years. And she got the volleyball, got on the volleyball team because a, a girl got hurt. Really hurt. Yeah. They didn't have anybody to go. Yeah. So she had must have been on the JVs. Yeah. So that's how she gets the twelve letters. And then you had the the one grad daughter went to Carroll, and she played golf and softball, right? For four years. Yeah. And that was the first Carroll softball team. Yeah. Which I can't imagine the the time she put in to do that because oh, yeah. playing any sport in college, even go- golf, is people probably say, oh, just golf, but golf. They work at it a lot. Well, and they travel. Yeah. And a lot of travel, a lot of time away from class, and to play two sports and, and then get a degree. Graduate summa cum laude. Summa yeah. cum laude, uh-huh. too. Yeah. They must have got that from their grandma's side right there. Oh, without question. Yeah. <laughs> and then she did her CPAs without taking the course for the year. Really? Bing, 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 bing. Just got it just like that, huh? And that she got from Grandpa's side, <laughs> the accounting kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, that's great. So uh, now you're, you've, you've, for the last year you were, you've been battling. You had the leg issue and stuff, but it seems like you're doing really well right now. Yeah, I can walk again on a walker. Yeah, you had to learn how to walk again? I did have to learn how to walk Was that, again. That must have been a slow, kind of tough Oh, it's horrible. Process. Yeah, I mean, it's, I guess it's like a two-year-old. I don't know. Yeah. I just couldn't walk anymore. Yeah. And then you find out I just left with the leg. I must have 10 other things that I didn't have before, I didn't think. Yeah. But I'm doing, especially in the last three weeks, great. Yeah. Yeah, you look you look fantastic. Here I you am. Know? I'm yeah. ready. Yeah. You're still Connie Kenny, the same person I've known for a long time. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> and you still, you still have the voice. The distinct, oh, I'm glad voice. that I haven't lost you, that. You could go on the radio right now. We could put you on the, the radio, and you could broadcast the news and pick it's it up. It's so cute how people come up to me and say, are you still on the radio? <laughs> or I remember you from KBOW. Yeah. I mean, I'm just astounded that yeah. their memories are so good. Well, you had you, your voice, uh, like, like Paul Panisco, he always told everybody, you know, he's a little guy. Not, you know, He always told everybody he's this big fat guy. So people didn't know who he was when they'd see him out, no. and and uh, and that's not why he did. He did it just they thought it was funny. But and then, but your voice, you hear your voice at the grocery store, and everyone knows who they're they're listening to because your voice. You probably got that a lot when you were working at the radio station. I did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How was that? I even got it here. Really? Yeah. And I thought, oh my goodness. Yeah. It's, it's an iconic voice. I mean, oh, it must be. Yeah. 
Yeah, and especially I, I still I can hear it when I when I think of that lady. I see a picture of the Lady of Rockies flying. I can just hear your voice describing it still. A picture, you say? Just if I if I if, if I just see a photo on a picture, I got to say it right. If I see a photo, maybe I'll go with photo in that one there. That'll be easier for me to enunciate correctly. No, you could say picture and picture. Pic- picture, but uh, so uh, but whenever I see that, I can in my head I hear I hear the I hear the chopper. It. And I hear your voice, you know, going through the... Yeah, we were lucky to be able to cover such an historic event. Yeah, and now times have changed so much that there's not news, radio news quite like that anymore. Well, you don't need it because you got the cell phone. Yeah. They could get it to you before you could get out the door. Yeah, everybody's got their camera and on their cell phone and... Everything. Social media, it's all right there. It was a different time. That's Certainly sure. a different time. And I would probably say a better time. <laughs> I'd say a pretty good time. Yeah. So, no, how do you, how do you think you're, how do you want to be remembered when people look at your career? How well, do, I'd like to be alive for one thing. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm not talking post. I'm talking as they look at your career, when people that today say, oh, that's Connie Kinney, she was the chamber director, or she was the news lady, or the ski well, coach. Well, I'd like all of my mm. careers. So yeah. I enjoyed Every one of them. Wasn't I lucky? Yeah. Well, we were lucky to have you, that's for sure. Well, thank you. Yeah, no, yeah. And I appreciate all the help that you gave me, yeah, tried to give right. me, even though <laughs> I was trying to, you know, train an old dog a, a new trick. But And yet you were a young dog. That's why I tried. <laughs> but uh, I, I appreciate your help, and you've always been such a good friend. I always look forward to seeing you. And I just getting to yeah, see you. Was, what a privilege. Yeah, I was so happy that... Uh, Riley told me that you'd want to do the podcast. Well, she doing good. told me you asked if I would, and I said, sure, why not? Yeah, so I'm, I'm happy that we got to do this. and uh, Me too. <laughs> and I appreciate it, and hopefully, uh, hopefully we get to do it again down the road. Well, you never know. Something might happen. Yeah, something big, and hopefully maybe when, when Martha gets elected to the Hall of Fame, have I Martha I certainly on. hope so. She is one of the finest young ladies I've ever known in my life. Yeah. Now, did you coach her, or was you ski with her? No, I coached her. Yeah. You can't coach Martha. <laughs> she, she coaches. I mean, she was better than anyone in the state. Yeah. Martha Apostle and Martha Lon- Apostle. Loner now. And Martha her Apostle Loner. Was Fritz, Fritz was her. Fritz, well, Fritz, was, Fritz her was her dad. Yeah. yeah. With the, the historic uh, Fritz, uh, Fritz's Ski House. It's Which and I'm I'm glad I got to meet Fritz and talk to Fritz uh, when I went to my grandma Grandma Mary the RC's 75th class oh, reunion because yeah. they were in the class of 38 together and uh, you know they were the first during that year they moved from the old Butte High where Central is now they carried their books down to the current Butte High and they opened it in like January of 38. I didn't see her teaching me things so, I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, my grandma told me that and she really liked Fritz Apostle and. And she really liked Naran- so Naranchi was in that class. He was in their class too. Yeah, he was class of thirty-eight. And I asked my grandma what Iso Naranchi was like, and she said, "Well, he wasn't an ass like some of those other boys." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> as so, your grandma would say. Yeah. That. So if you he reached not an ass status with my grandma Mary, so he must have been a pretty good guy. Must have been a great guy. Yeah, and she really liked Fritz, and and I believe all the. I think my grandma was the last member of the class of 38 still alive, and she passed probably, away in probably. 2018. But that was yeah. a, that was so much fun to go meet that, be at that reunion with her. 
And oh, you went to the reunion with I went to the reunion, I, and I went to a planning meeting for the reunion with her and talked to all those guys. What fun. It was, I, and I wish I had this gear to record all those conversations then. Wouldn't it have been wonderful? Would have been, oh, it would have been amazing. Oh to yeah, get all that. So for sure. So now that's what. Now we got to go around and try to talk to as many Butte uh, characters as they can, and, and the iconic Butte people like yourself. Well, thank you for describing me as a character. <laughs> that I'd like to be that known as that. A character, Connie Kitty character. Yeah. Well, Connie, I appreciate your time, and again, thank you so much. And thank you, Bill. <laughs> really enjoyed it. Proud to be from Butte, America, USA.